0: Hello, friends and enemies. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Exploring Evil. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends and enemies about the show. You can email comments and case suggestions to exploringevil at gmail.com. Also, check out our sister podcast, Cryptique, if you're interested in the paranormal. We just released a new episode on the beautiful samurai, a female warrior, brings new meaning to the phrase girl power. This is a quick true crime news update I felt compelled to share because of the quick succession of interesting cases that have recently popped up. According to People, a teen convicted of stabbing a friend in 2014 in the Slenderman case is to be released from a psychiatric hospital. On May 31, 2014, Anissa Weir and her friend, Morgan Geyser lured their classmate, Peyton Lautner, into the woods and stabbed her 19 times, claiming that they attacked her in order to please Slenderman, an urban legend created on the Internet. At the time of the attack, all three girls were 12 years old. The victim barely made it out alive. Despite their age, both girls were tried in adult court. Weir was initially charged with attempted first-degree homicide but ended up in an attempted second-degree homicide charge after a jury found her mentally ill. Weir, who accepted a plea deal in 2017, was sentenced to a maximum 25 years in a psychiatric facility. Her sentencing agreement provided a stipulation for her to apply for supervised release after at least three years at the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. A Wisconsin judge has ordered the release of Anissa Weir, now 19, following a hearing in which she argued she is no longer a threat to others. She petitioned for release on the grounds that she had made great progress with her treatment and was ready to re-enter society. She was originally sentenced to be in custody until age 37. Weir stated in a letter, I am not saying I am done with treatment. I am saying that I have exhausted all the resources available to me at the Winnebago Mental Health Institute. If I am to become a productive member of society, I need to be a part of society. State prosecutors countered her petition with a statement saying they still believe she is a danger to others, adding that, quote, her mind is still immature and susceptible to dangerous influences, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel previously reported. Judge Boren announced that state officials will have 60 days to prepare a release plan for Weir, AP reports. In the meantime, Weir will remain at the Winnebago facility. In other news, actress Allison Mack sentenced to three years in prison for her role in the Nexium sex cult. A little more than two years after Smallville actress Allison Mack pleaded guilty to racketeering and racketeering conspiracy charges, she has been sentenced to three years in a federal prison regarding her role in the Nexium self-help group now considered to be a sex cult. Her sentence also includes a $20,000 fine. Authorities first arrested Mack on April 20, 2018, accusing her of recruiting sex slaves for Keith Raniere who co-founded the controversial self-health group Nexium and its subgroup DOS, described as an all-female secret society in which women allegedly were forced to be sexually subservient to Rainier, up to and including getting his initials tattooed on their abdomen, as well as charging heavy fees for retreats and participation in the group. The group is accused of trafficking, forced labor, racketeering, wire fraud, and other charges. She faced a maximum of 40 years, though federal sentencing guidelines recommended a lower punishment of 14 to 17 and a half years. In a sentencing memorandum, prosecutors requested a lesser sentence based on the fact that she, quote, provided substantial assistance to the government in its prosecution of her co-defendants. Mack released a statement apologizing to everyone who was harmed by her involvement with Nexium, calling it her, quote, biggest mistake and regret and committing to spending the rest of her life, quote, "...working to make amends and become a more compassionate woman." Max stated, "...I am sorry to those of you that I brought into Nexium. I am sorry I ever exposed you to the nefarious and emotionally abusive schemes of a twisted man. I am sorry that I encouraged you to use your resources to participate in something that was ultimately so ugly." I do not take lightly the responsibility I have in the lives of those I love, and I feel heavy weight of guilt for having misused your trust, leading you down a negative path. Mack's apology letter was accompanied by a sentencing request from her attorneys, who asked that the actress receive no jail time citing her guilty plea, cooperation with the government, and public denouncement of Vernier as evidence that she recognized her, quote, grievous wrongs and needed no further punishment. In October 2020, the 60-year-old leader of the cult, Keith Raniere, was sentenced to 120 years in prison following his conviction on federal sex crimes and other charges. Hey guys, if you're into the paranormal, hidden history, forbidden knowledge, conspiracy theories, and the like, check out my other podcast, Cryptique, where my co-host Ryan and I discuss things like the black-eyed kids, past lives, and the truth behind legends take a walk on the dark side with cryptique available on google apple spotify and of course anchor podcasts hey my name is ryan and i'm pretty sure i'm joe and we are the hosts of movie hell a podcast all about movies and pop culture we're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you yeah we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies tv and pop culture in general so why not share it the objective of Movie Howl is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy, and if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie MovieHow on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated. Now back to Exploring Evil. People reports Bill Cosby will be released from prison as court overturns sex assault conviction. The court's judgment states Bill Cosby must be discharged from prison and any future prosecution on these charges must be barred. Cosby's sexual assault was vacated because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court found that an agreement he made with the previous prosecutor should have precluded him from being charged in the case. Cosby was convicted on three counts of aggravated indecent assault in 2018 after Andrea Constand said he had drugged her and sexually assaulted her. Cosby, sentenced to three to ten years, had served over two years on that conviction. During Cosby's trial, Constand and five other women testified that he had engaged in a similar pattern of behavior. Cosby's denied the accusations, as well as similar allegations made against him by more than 60 women. After Cosby was convicted, Constand addressed her ordeal in a victim impact statement. When the sexual assault happened, I was a young woman brimming with confidence and looking forward to a future bright with possibilities, she wrote. Now, almost 15 years later, I'm a middle-aged woman who's been stuck in a holding pattern most of her adult life, unable to heal fully or move ahead. Bill Cosby took my beautiful, healthy, young spirit and crushed it. He robbed me of my health and vitality, my open nature, and my trust in myself and others, she wrote. Cosby was previously denied parole partly because he refused to take part in a treatment program for sex offenders. ABC News reports that two lower courts refused to overturn Cosby's conviction before the state Supreme Court agreed to hear the case. Cosby's Agreement with the Prosecutor Constand first reported her ordeal to the then-Montgomery County District Attorney Bruce Castor in 2005, but Castor declined to prosecute Cosby. Castor's successor, Kevin Steele, filed charges against Cosby in 2015 having him arrested just before the statute of limitations ran out. Castor said he disagreed with the decision to prosecute Cosby, saying he'd come to an agreement with him never to prosecute him if Cosby testified for a deposition in a civil trial Constand filed against him. Cosby ultimately settled the suit with Constand for $3.38 million. In that deposition, Cosby admitted that he gave quaaludes to women he wanted to have sex with and also admitted to numerous extramarital affairs. Cosby's testimony in that deposition was used against him in his criminal trial. In its judgment, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court held that the decision to use Cosby's assertions in his deposition against him deprived him of his Fifth Amendment rights. Cosby, the court stated, had been subject to, quote, an unconstitutional coercive bait-and-switch, which the court characterized as a due process violation. After Cosby's conviction was overturned, D.A. Steele released a statement saying the decision to release Cosby resulted from, quote, a procedural issue that is irrelevant to the facts of the crime. I want to commend Cosby's victim, Andrea Constand, for her bravery in coming forward and remaining steadfast throughout this long ordeal, as well as all of the other women who have shared similar experiences. My hope is that the decision will not dampen the reporting of sexual assaults by victims. In a statement released after the court's decision, Gloria Allred, who represented several of the women who testified during Cosby's trial that Cosby had sexually abused them, said in part, This decision by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court today to overturn the conviction of Bill Cosby must be devastating for Bill Cosby's accusers. My heart especially goes out to those who bravely testified in both of his criminal cases. Alred added, Despite the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision, this was an important fight for justice. And even though the court overturned the conviction on technical grounds, it did not vindicate Cosby's conduct and should not be interpreted as a statement or a finding that he did not engage in the acts of which he has been accused. The San Francisco Chronicle reports, After millions of attempts, thousands of bad solutions, and 51 years, the Zodiac Killer's most infamous cipher has been solved. Skepticism aside, many have claimed to have cracked the code, but have left out chunks of the cipher or omitted characters. In this latest interpretation, it reads similar to known writings. It references the infamous TV call-in and reads, I hope that you are having lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber, because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me, where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life, will be an easy one in paradise death. The 340 cipher, as it has come to be known due to the number of symbols it includes, was solved by two computer programmers and a mathematician. American computer programmer David Orinchek Belgian computer programmer Jarl van Eyck, and Australian applied mathematician Sam Blake. The process began with Blake running over 650,000 simulations to determine the correct reading direction of the characters. December 3rd, 2020, the men had broken the cipher into three pieces and began to read the phrases diagonally, like a word search puzzle. They started to see phrases form like trying to catch me and the gas chamber. As they continued to solve, words started to jumble. Oranchek and Van Eyck realized the Zodiac made a mistake while constructing his complex cipher. Once they shifted a character over, the misspellings cleared up and the cipher worked. With the cipher solved, the men sent the solution to the FBI, which confirmed to the Chronicle that, quote, a cipher attributed to the Zodiac killer was recently solved by private citizens. Although other serial killers had far more victims, few killers in American history have intrigued and terrified the public like the man known as Zodiac. The decoded cipher also makes reference to slaves in paradise. Zodiac regularly and almost certainly intentionally misspelled words in his correspondence with the media. The trope of slaves in paradise is also a common one for Zodiac. In a 1970 letter beginning with the phrase, This is Zodiac speaking, The killer says he will, quote, torture all 13 of my slaves I have waiting for me in paradise. It's assumed 13 refers to how many people Zodiac claimed to have killed despite the fact he has five known victims. There is much speculation as to the meaning and origin of his fixation on an afterlife filled with his victims. As with most Zodiac writings, it sounds more like myth building than sincerely held beliefs. Zodiac quoted often from pop culture, stealing ideas and lines from movies, operas, and short stories. His letters, even more than his actual murders, were carefully constructed to present himself as the ultimate supervillain. There's been renewed hope lately that the case may finally be solved. In 2018, investigators used genetic genealogy to track down the Golden State Killer, Investigators were able to find a familial match, eventually leading them to Joseph D'Angelo. The samples are not so clear-cut for Zodiac, unfortunately. In the early 2000s, San Francisco investigators developed a partial profile by testing saliva traces retrieved from beneath a stamp on one of his letters. Because the profile is incomplete, it cannot rule anyone in, but it did rule out longtime suspect Arthur Lee Allen in 2002. There is another Zodiac cipher left, although it's anyone's guess as to whether it's even decipherable. In one letter, he wrote, My name is, followed by a series of 13 symbols. The 340 cipher codebreaker said because of its brevity, pure luck would be required to find its solution. But knowing Zodiac, the coward who hungered for fame, it's highly unlikely it holds his real name anyway. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Exploring Evil. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And tell your friends and enemies about the show. You can email comments and case suggestions to exploringevil at gmail.com. Also, check out our sister podcast, Cryptique, if you're interested in the paranormal.